Welcome to Beans and Breakdowns, a podcast dedicated to bridging the gap between specialty coffee and the heavy music community. On this episode, we're joined by Jessa Johnson of Hold Your Ground and Damage Control. So grab a fresh cup of coffee and wake the fuck up. What's going on, Caffeinated Crew? Today I'm joined by Jess of Damage Control, Hold Your Ground, mm-hmm. the greatest tour manager who I know personally. Shucks. How are you? How are you? I'm I'm great. Thanks so much for having me. It's it's an honor and a privilege, truly. Um, what are you drinking? I have a um a dark roast from Rhino Coffee Roasters in Tofino. Yeah. Tofino. Tofino. Do you know where that is? I have no clue. Tofino is a, (laughs) Tofino is a small like ocean town, North Vancouver Island. So it's like the furthest West in Canada that you can get on Vancouver Island. And then straight up North, it's a, like a surf town up there. Oh, Sick. Mm -hmm. Do you surf? Yeah. I don't surf. (laughs) I don't surf. I would like to try one day. I don't think I'd be very good, but. It'd be fun to try. Surfing in Canada is kind of crazy though, because it's freezing cold. Mm-hmm. You have to wear like oh. a like a subthermal wetsuit or something like that. Oh, hundred percent. It's not. That's not for me. It's not for me. I'm a but. I'm I'm a warmth <laughs> person. Yeah, I'll I'll try surfing like in Australia or something one day. <laughs> Probably not here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what are you drinking? I went I went bougie today. I love it. So I still have some of those leftover cold brew cans. Anybody who is at Hold Your Ground knows what I'm talking about. Um, or anybody who has an Instagram probably also knows. Anyway, um, I had some extra ones in the fridge. So I made my version of a brown sugar shaken espresso. Ooh, with the cold brew. Yeah. So instead of nice. doing that, I guess essentially what it is, is like, you know, at Starbucks, they have the cold brew with the cold foam that drips down on top. Yeah. That's what I did. So nice. I have like a little milk frother, made some oat milk cold foam and put a little maple syrup and Ooh. vanilla because got to keep it Canadian. Amazing. Just put it in there. kind of looks like a beer though. It, do- it does. This whole time I've thought that you were just sipping a beer. I'm like in PST right now. So I'm in Vancouver and it's 11 a.m. So I was like, respect. I mean, it's two o'clock. I would have a beer at two o'clock, but... <laughs> I'm just leaning more and more into like the not having a job thing for the moment. Welcome. Join the, join the team. <laughs> yep. So uh, hopefully that's going to change very shortly. But uh, yeah, I'm, it's, you know, there's a certain hump that you have to like try to get over where you're maybe a little discouraged and you don't feel like, like you don't know what your schedule is. Yeah, exactly. That's, but that's, it's, it's not fun employment if you can't have a beer at 2 p.m. though. That's true. In my opinion, <laughs> in Montreal, that's a normal, like a normal thing, though, because we're so European out here, right? Oh, totally. Yeah. Oh, Montreal, I miss uh, it. It's the greatest. I hope that it really uh, is. I hope that you're able to come and spend some more time again. I don't know why you keep picking the winter, but I love it in the winter, <laughs> though. That's the craziest thing. I can't believe. I just can't wait for the day that I get to see Montreal in the summer because I I really will never leave. It was hard for me to leave in the middle of February, so that, who knows? That, that I come there in built. July, I'm done. Yeah, that means you're built for it. So if you do come in the summer, then you're going to be like, "There's no way I'm I'm ever moving." I'm also from Winnipeg, so I don't know if you've ever been there, but it is the coldest place in this country, minus forty, like coldest day of the winter, but for months straight. So. <laughs> Winter almost anywhere else in the country is like fine for me. Like I really don't even doesn't phase me too much, but I only know about the the infamous Chinook. We don't even get that in Winnipeg. That's Calgary. That's like once you get closer to the mountains, that's where the Chinook is, which is honestly it's nice. But if you get pressure, I get pressure headaches from the the air pressure changing and Chinooks are just really painful because it goes from being minus 20 to like five degrees in 24 hours. And it's just like, it's nice to have warm weather for a few days, but 
honestly, at what cost, you know, <laughs> is it worth my sinuses exploding? No. Usually not really. No, no, never. Um, I think worth mentioning the cold brew. Uh, it was like a special blend that we did. Um, and I have the coffee that we made it with right here. Oh, nice. Do you guys do that yourself? Or do I you wish. have a spot? Yeah. Okay. I was uh, going to be really impressed. I'm like, you got like a canning system in your house. What's going on? Not yet. Um, One day. It, might, it might be. Uh, but um, no, this is my friend Balance. Uh, his name is oh, Daniel. Cool. And he roasted in Verdun, which is like a suburb of Montreal. Mm -hmm. um, but what he does is instead of doing his normal, he does like a Colombian mixed with like a Ethiopian coffee for his regular cold brew. Oh, okay. He usually sprinkles in a little micro lot magic. So this one that he, we did on, so each batch is a little bit different. Mm -hmm. Um, so this one is his lost Mercedes. It's a natural processed from Dominican Republic. Oh, nice. Which I have never tried a Dominican coffee before. This is the first one he's ever roasted. So super interesting coffee. It's got like, um, like a delicate tea, like citrus, I guess. Mm, nice. But in the cold brew, a lot of people were saying like they, they're like, oh, it's very like citrusy and refreshing. Yeah. So yeah, it was. That's where it comes from. And in case oh, nice. anybody was wondering. Yeah, that's cool. I love that. So thank you out. for bringing your cold brew, keeping everybody caffeinated, by the yeah. way. It was great. It, the hot hours were like 9 p.m. <laughs> yeah. You know what? It's I, it's funny you say that because I was sitting, I think at Sledge's March table at during uh, Hold My Own. So like late on Saturday, mm -hmm. later on Saturday and Life Force's March table was close to ours and all of the straight edge dudes just like two cold brews in hand. Yeah. <laughs> Like respect. <laughs> this is who this was for. Not anybody yes. at, at 1 p.m. <laughs> no, keep no, the no. straight edge going. <laughs> it was funny because it's like I expect to be busy, you know, noon to like 3 p.m. No, mm -hmm. it's it's literally like seven, eight, nine. It's when people start to fade and they're yeah. like, I need something. <laughs> that second wind. Uh -huh. um, but I love being able to bring something that like like straight edge people. Cause I'm not straight edge. I haven't been straight edge yeah. for a long time, but I respect the game. I respect the hustle. Mm -hmm. Um, and so yeah, being able to bring in some cans, like it looks like a beer. It looks like you're having a little, you know, exactly a little something, but it's coffee. I love it. So, it's great. And some damn good coffee too. If you ask me, I, I wish I could take credit, but that all goes to uh, Daniel. So shout, shout out, Daniel. shout out Daniel. Shout out balance. <laughs> He ships, uh, I think he ships Canada wide. So yeah, nice. Check it out. Um, well, cool. Do you have a, I know you have an Avril Lavigne mug, uh, that you're sipping out of right now. Um, but <laughs> do. Do, you have, do you have a, do you have like a go-to drink if you're out with, uh, some friends at a, at a shop, like a splurgy drink? Um, okay. I guess that depends because if I'm at a new shop, like if I'm at a shop, I haven't been to before which is a lot of the time because being on tour, like I'm not in the same place as often uh, or in the same place for very long. I really love just a black iced Americano just because I like to, I like to see what's up. Um, and so that's usually a go-to um, if it's cold in the winter months, uh, I'll do a Cortado, mm. um, which is always nice. Just a nice little couple ounces gives me a taste um, but then if I'm just at home and I'm at my usual, I'm a huge slut for the, just the seasonal stuff. Fall mm. is always good, but I love peppermint in the winter. Usually we'll do a lot, whatever the seasonal latte is. That's usually my go-to if I'm at a shop that I'm at, I, that I frequent at least. Nice. nice. Yeah. We, we don't get a ton of the peppermint out here. Uh, we, we get a bit, but in all like the pretentious, you know, French speaking cafes, Mm -hmm. we get the we get a lot of maple maple and cardamom i found yes i had a couple of really good cardamom lattes when i was out there yeah that's that's like a turkish influence i think oh interesting you think so i think it yeah turkish coffee usually comes with they'll do a cardamom hit in it like they'll brew it with cardamom in the oh little, okay yeah um, it's i've had a cold brew with cardamom though and it was crazy Ooh. Yeah, that sounds good. Um, but yeah, I'm I I love don't be clowning seasonal drinks, people. No, they're good. 
I get sometimes they can get a little corny. Fair enough, but let people get their bag. I don't know what's that's it. I, I'm I respect the corny. Yeah, it's delicious. Like can't deny that. Pumpkin spice latte, for better or for worse, it do taste good. It really does. It really, really do be tasting good. Pumpkin with chai, also, this is a new thing for me this year. Stop. Unmatched, honestly. I'm gonna have to try that. I like a dirty chai latte with pumpkin. That's- try okay. So I just like I love Starbucks. I love the <laughs> consistency of Starbucks. I won't even lie. Um but I've been on this. It's the, I usually do a dirty chai, half sweet with a pump of, a pump of pumpkin and a pump of vanilla. You get a little bit of the sweet as if you had some whipped cream on there. It's Damn. so good. That's, that sounds very sugary. Like, uh, like Elijah. It's pretty sweet. Yeah, Eli- it's, it's pretty sweet. Elijah from Spirit of Vengeance rolled up one day and he had been telling me about his go-to drink because uh lauren works at starbucks i guess Mm -hmm. and uh he was like oh i do this drink where it's like this syrup and that syrup and this syrup and that syrup with four shots in a latte and he was like i don't want to taste the coffee so he brings it and i take a sip and i was like like, this is flavored milk yeah you know what (laughs) like it's a little sweet for me but i'm not mad Mm -hmm. at it like that was what i remember saying but like sometimes you've it's just you got to be in the mood you know what i mean like you only get that luxury when your wife works at starbucks too is the other thing that shit probably costs like 12 dollars at least it's like Like for sure like a venti latte alone is like what nine dollars and then you're having all this extra you only get the luxury when you walk in for sure (laughs) so if y'all need the hookup lauren works at starbucks yeah shut up shut up lauren i don't know which one but She's somewhere downtown Toronto, one of the 500 in downtown Toronto. <laughs> Just scope it out. <laughs> oh, man. That's good. Too good. I'm, I'm happy we're almost in uh, spooky season, I guess, as it's called by the children these days. But spooky season. Um, it is the time of, of homemade pumpkin spice. It is. And the coffee shop, I know that you love Starbucks. That's fine. I can't stomach it because uh, I'm a capitalism hater. But that's neither here nor there. Um, I get it. I go to the the local spot down the street that has a beautiful homemade pumpkin spice latte. Oof, so good. Yes. So maybe when you come up next time, we'll have to check it out, compare. We'll get. One we'll have store. to. We'll do a taste yeah. test. It might be cardamom season by then, but we'll figure it out. <laughs> we'll figure it out. I gotta figure out which coffee shop has that. I I I know one that's like a Turkish shop that does it, but. I lived in Little Italy when I was there. So like I was always going to the little the little Italian coffee mm. shops that I don't even know if they had seasonal drinks because they're just so Italian. It's like all the old Italian men that sit around and drink like their espresso. <laughs> Cafe Italia, the one on Saint Laurent there. Mm-hmm. Very close. Yeah. Yeah. That, that one is kind of intimidating. It is. It's really scary. Very loud old Italian man. You like walk in, you're like, let me get a coffee. Yes, really. I forgot where I was for a second. Yeah. <laughs> there's some, there's some, it's some old head Italians over there. So it's like, where are you from? Yeah. Montreal. But it's like, you have an Italian accent. Like, best pizza I've ever had though. True. Straight up. True. So good. Um, This is a question that I know you get asked so much like Mm -hmm. it's probably the number one question that people asked you what do you do it's a really good question (laughs) i get asked a lot um okay well until the beginning of summer i did have a day job so i worked in tech and i was a i was a product manager in tech um and that was easy so when people asked i could be like oh i work for this big tech company or whatever um now that i'm really only doing damage control stuff mainly um and damage control has also changed a lot over the last like year and a half two years so now i it's a lot there's a lot of things um mainly a lot of my time well there's the fest so from march until september my whole life is fest stuff um around that though i mainly book tours um i still book shows um in vancouver and Mm -hmm. Um, 
possibly some in Winnipeg coming up. I'm not sure. I just moved back home to Winnipeg. So there's people there. Shout out Winnipeg Hardcore Shows and the guys from Meantime and Means to an End. They've got got it covered out there, but I might do some shows out there if they come to me. Um, but yeah, I, I mainly book tours and I, I book bands and I help bands get visas. So I help bands process their visa and get all the paperwork and all of the shit that they have to do in order to cross the border and play shows in America. Uh, I help them with that. Sometimes it's just consulting. Um, mm-hmm. Other times I'm straight up processing those things for them. Um, but yeah, I'm helping bands get out of their hometown. And that cool. looks like a lot of different things depending on who you are and what your needs are. But it's true from, from a firsthand mm-hmm. experience. That is true. <laughs> it is. Um, why is it so difficult for Canadian bands to get visas? Um, because the U.S. government hates us. No, um, <laughs> Damn, <laughs> I just say went that on the podcast. Just went straight straight <laughs> for the trigger. <laughs> um, no, but but like that's only partially a joke. Like it's just there's a lot of barriers um, for bands crossing the border and entering the United States for any well for anybody period any Canadian crossing the border entering the states there's a lot of barriers to us being able to make money mm-hmm. down there um, but the easiest way for me to describe it when people ask me because I have a lot of especially when I'm out on tour they find out of Canada they're like oh I've never really heard of bands from there I'm like yeah that's, there's a lot of reasons for that yeah. um but the one thing I really always point out to people is that in Canada, um, Canadian immigration has a treaty that it's an exemption for artists and athletes mainly. And artists means a lot of different things. So stand-up comedians, theater artists, like theater performers, orchestra, instrument player, you know, all these different, but bands as well, where, I believe this might have changed in the last little bit, but um, historically it's uh, artists can come in, artists and athletes can come in and make about $15,000 a year on Canadian soil per calendar year under this exemption. I'm so sorry about the train outside. I barely heard it. Okay, good. Um, So we have an exemption that as long as a band is coming in and making less than $15,000 a year, you can enter as many times as you want and come and play a show, which for hard for hardcore and in heavy music that's really easy to do you could probably come in 10 more times than your job will allow you to leave right. um because nobody's coming in and making you know twenty thousand dollars a show for the most part um but but america doesn't have that the other way around so they actually require canadian artists and athletes to have a working visa uh they're typically a p2 there's a couple of different kinds but a p2 is the most common and that simply is just the United States granting you access, having all of your information, knowing where you're going to be, when you're going to be there and saying, yes, we will allow you to come in and make your, you know, $35 per person per night for two weeks. Uh, have at her. <laughs> and it costs quite a bit of money. Um, it's a really long process. It takes anywhere from, you know, four to six months mm-hmm. from the very beginning to having the visa in your hand and being able to cross the border. Um, it's gotten a lot easier. It's more work to get them, but they're a lot more, um, I don't want to say lenient cause I don't think they're lenient, but it's just the acceptance rate is much higher now compared to that of, you know, five to 10 years ago, it was very, very hard. You'd have to be basically like, unless you were signed to a major label and you had, kind of major entities riding for you and and supporting that visa application there was like a it was a 50 50 shot and sometimes you'd be spending thousands of dollars to not even get accepted so um so yeah that is that is mostly what i do is it true that they're talking about increasing like the cost of visas as well Mm -hmm. yeah so um i don't know a whole lot about it right at the second just because it's been a couple of weeks since i've actually like looked up any updates but Mm -hmm. basically they're trying to increase the application cost which i don't think there should be such a high application cost to begin with however if they're going to be accepting people at the same rate and acceptance rates are going to go up so be it, I guess. Like it's, it's kind of 
it's hard, but it's all on the American government. So that's the hard part is that, yes, those fees potentially might increase, but as Canadians and as artists in Canada or people who work with artists in Canada, we can't actually do anything right. about it because it's all about our American friends and our American, you know, venues and promoters and all of that. It's them reaching out to their local government and making sure that they're heard about these costs. So it's, it's one of those things that it's like, it's really hard to even talk about it in like an actionable way because as Canadians there's really very little that we can do other than sit back and like hope that somebody down there advocates for it um but yeah it's already quite expensive I I think I'm hoping that something is done about it and it seems like we're make like they're making kind of some headway the American Federation for Musicians is a like kind of has a pretty big dog in that fight mm-hmm. um because essentially an increase in those rates um as much as they're talking about it increasing like it's not five percent ten percent it's like a 35 yeah, percent increase it's, it's a lot right so um that could potentially kill out a whole like sector of touring music because you have to be that much bigger of a band you have to be 35 percent bigger band in order to really reasonably afford to get a visa and tour the states and so um border border cities will feel that more places like buffalo detroit seattle um even in the northeast um compared to you know states down south that they've rarely see canadian artists as it is mm-hmm. um but here's hoping we'll we'll keep our eyes on it but here's hoping that it stays low because uh, it's already feels so impossible sometimes but but we're doing it and i'm so happy to say that there are handfuls of bands getting their visas now um there's been a number this year a morning star uh got their visas mile end got their visas recently just to name a couple and they've been playing in the states and will and they have really cool shows coming up with those visas prowl obviously um flashback you know there's uh, just a number of bands that have them and they're making good use of them and that's awesome um but i would like to see more more bands be able to get across the border yes i being in a band that is four-fifths Canadian, mm-hmm. I understand the struggle because it's like we can't do anything until we get these like fucking expensive-ass visas and it is like a pain in the, the ass. But, you know, luckily, like you're saying about the acceptance race, it does look like everybody who takes the time, spends the money, doesn't have a record, which... Yeah, I haven't heard of any denied visas um, really in... Like since COVID, mm-hmm. I, there's every single one that I've applied for for people has been accepted. Um, I know everybody that's self uh, done their application on their own. They've all gotten accepted. So that's good. So hopefully it stays like that. Um, but there's only so many times that you can play a long weekend regionally. Like for you guys, there's only so many times that you can go and play Steel City or go and play Toronto or go, you know, that yeah. at a certain point, like you either need to you need to get out or or do something so yep. so we're looking good though i mean 2024 is looking to be a really exciting year as far as canadian bands touring so shout out to botfly from halifax actually they just announced a crazy tour um down to the states so that's With broken val so dope so so sick love both of those bands I'm very so excited. Good. My other band is playing. We're opening the Montreal show. It's our first show. Oh, nice. So other band. Ex- What's your other band? It's 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 sold out. It's not even we have like nothing up yet. So gotcha. Okay. You'll see soon, I think. Noted. Hopefully. I'll be keeping an eye out. <laughs> <laughs> You'll be the first to know. Um beautiful. But yeah, uh super excited to see all these. We're we're doing a Canadian hardcore takeover for 2024. So <laughs> My it American feels like friends that. need to like look the fuck out. Straight up offside. Shout out offside from Montreal going down to the States too. November. So sick. I know. Dear God. Dear God is going to be heading down there in November. Um, I know Mile End is working on some stuff. They're going to be going down, hitting a lot of the places in the States actually on their next American tour. So it's so cool to see this is the first time in a very long time that i've known this many canadian bands being able to go the other you know south so yeah. exciting time that's what i'm saying 
listen, we're hungrier. I mean, I loop myself in because I feel like, you know, Montreal is my home, mm-hmm. but we we're hungrier. We have to work harder to get there. So y'all, I mean, the U S y'all take that shit for granted. Y'all got a bunch of scenes that are within like two hours, an hour and a half. Like we got to drive motherfucking seven hours to get to Toronto. Yeah. And we'll do it without even thinking about it is the thing like people don't even really realize like where I am in Winnipeg now the closest city with like a good hardcore scene is eight hours south in Minnesota (laughs) it's Minneapolis like it's not even a Canadian city like respect on Regina I love I love everybody in Regina I love Nathan and what he does with the scene there but it's just small it's just a small scene there's not many bands the closest place with a good scene is an American city and it's eight hours and I'll do it uh, we'll, we'll we do it all the time we'll drive down <laughs> friday night we'll get there at 3 a.m go to a show on a saturday and drive home like it's Jesus. it's normal but i have american friends that think that's insane so i'm saying we hungry yeah we got real winters we hungry what part of the u.s are you from again savannah georgia georgia are you excited to play down like close to home so uh, in March, we're not going eventually super close, but I'm already planning it out for maybe the fall when it starts to get mm-hmm. colder here. We do yeah. like a little Southeast. That's good. I'm not trying to go to Georgia in the nice months. Oh I, no, not in the summer. I was just thinking about it. I had a friend from Texas hit me up and was like, oh, I haven't seen you in forever. Hope you're well. I'm like, yeah, yeah. We're almost at the time of year where I can handle being there. So like, give me a couple months. Give me till like January. I'm not, I go to Oklahoma I was just there with Dose mm-hmm. and I was there in March on our spring tour. Both times, March and September, too hot for me. I go there in November for Flyover Fest, still too hot for me. So I just am not not built for the the heat. No. Not for uh, me. I so Nancy is from she like grew up in Houston. Right. Which is very similar to Savannah's climate. It's humid. Mm-hmm. A little more tropical when you go to dallas or anywhere like northwestern texas mm-hmm. no hard pass it's too dry it's bad it's too hot. i live i will say i lived in vegas for six weeks at the beginning of the summer uh with a friend of mine and that heat was okay because it's dry like the dry heat is easier to handle it's the humidity that i just <laughs> Not for me. The I East love Coast it. humidity. Oh yeah, I love that. No, no. Yeah. Nope. It's so good. It refreshes your skin. It's that like is being, that is actually true though. Being in a constant sauna, just <sighs> breathe it in. So good for like your sinuses. And everything. I'm the tourist that's walking around downtown in a bathing suit because <laughs> it's so hot. <laughs> yeah, all the Canadian tourists that come in like November wearing shorts and t-shirts. It's like, what are y'all doing? Like. I don't understand people that wear hoodies and sweaters in those places ever. Uh, it was a big culture shock coming here, but now I feel very acclimated. So like when yeah, it it's like 30 degrees, I'm dying. Basically Canadian now. Yes. Basically Canadian. Thank you. I feel yeah, at welcome. home. Um, we just experienced Hold Your Ground Fest, volume two. Yeah. Let's do a little breakdown. Sure, let's do it. Let's Where do you want to start? Let me get your like top three best moments of the weekend. Okay. I've been thinking about this all week in anticipation for this episode. And it's really hard because I feel like the whole weekend was just truly like I said this and I said this on over the weekend. I made a post on the damage control Instagram that like it was beyond like anything we could have imagined. And I, I really do mean that. Like mm-hmm. I could not, I could not have made it up in my head a million times that it would go as well as it did. Um, I'm not going to count the no warning set even in this list because that's a given. And that was the most incredible thing I've ever experienced in my life. Probably. Um, I had never seen them live before. So not only was it my first time seeing them, this was like, my baby i worked so fucking you know me and me and kyle and katie and adam like worked so hard for that specific moment and it was really nerve-wracking i was like this could be 
I don't know. I don't know if these kids know no warning the way that we do. I don't know if enough old heads are going to come out for this to be like a legendary thing. And it was incredible. So Mm -hmm. I'm not even going to count that because that was hopefully a given. Um, The last stepping stone set is probably I'm not even going to rank them, but that's up there. Mm -hmm. Um, Very, very special. I'm very honored that they chose the fest to do their last set in. Um, they had played other fests in Canada out West multiple times and for them to choose hold your ground as the place to do their one final kind of show and playing, playing underneath no warning for that set as well was just like really incredible. And I'm very grateful for those guys. And I, I have a lot of love for them. And I said to them over the weekend, like if stepping stone wasn't a band, like, I don't know that this fest would even exist. And they, of course they all look at me and roll their eyes. They're like, yeah, 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 whatever. But (laughs) Like Stepping Stone was the first show I ever booked under damage control mm-hmm. almost a decade ago. Not not quite that long ago, but years and years and years ago. Um, so it was a bit of a full circle moment for me and very special. Um, and then Terrena. Oh. Like. What even is that? Speechless. I don't. <laughs> It was mind blowing. A, we added them very last minute. Mm-hmm. So I don't, I don't know how there's, I guarantee you there was nobody that bought a ticket because they wanted to see Terena just because of how last minute their ad was. Um, it was a complete random. They had a date on their tour fall through that exact day. We had a band drop and it was just a perfect kind of fit. Right. Um, and it popped the fuck off. I, Incre- just incredible um that band is so so talented i the fact that julian does vocals and plays guitar and they still have sets like that is really amazing mm-hmm. um there are so many um <laughs> i want to say it's between that and the combust set which was also pretty crazy mm-hmm. um I knew it would be Toronto loves combust. I know they've been there a few times this summer or, or over the last year. Um, but it was really, really cool um, to see that. And, or honestly, both opening sets of the weekend, both SOV and gavel can share a spot because it was like almost setting a bar too high for the yeah. rest of the afternoon. Like it just, both of those sets went so crazy. Everyone showed out and, both of those bands have so much amazing energy on stage, no matter what kind of room they're playing, they could be playing Toronto style, which is a tiny, tiny room or a stage like that. And Mm -hmm. people get excited. People were moshing pile up sing alongs. Like it was really special for me to, to see those guys open the fest. And I know that there was a lot of nerves about the room, not being full or that it was just going to be a bit of a flop and, it went exactly how I hoped it would. Um, but that would be probably tied for for the third spot there. We got to respect the homies. Truly. Love Gavel. Love Spirit of Vengeance. Mm-hmm. So, yes. Yeah. I think one of my favorite, and this is it's so great that it's already been posted by like multiple people, is uh, Blaine stage diving <laughs> and just falling into the abyss during the gavel set. So I've been rewatching that video for days, <laughs> like, honestly. And it wasn't until yesterday when um, I think it was Tara posted like the properly like filmed like angle of it. I had two angles, somebody from on stage and then myself was at the back of the room watching it. And those two videos are pretty funny. But my favorite part about the Tara point of view is that Kyle from Gavel was just standing there looking at him. The whole, like, rewatch it, Kyle is standing there, and he's just, like, arms by his side. I can't see his face, so I'm assuming he's, like, giggling. But it's just so funny to me now to see him just, like, standing there, just watching Blaine, like, reach out for help. And Blaine stage dove, like, right after Jake Thompson, who's a small man. (laughs) Jake was under him. I literally, I saw Blaine go, I'm like, no! (laughs) Oh, oh man. that was so it's fun. Good. good moment. Good moment. And it's a bummer because you didn't you couldn't make it to the pre-show because y'all were you were with those coming from a, mm-hmm. a date. But I heard also... it was great though. I heard so many good things about the pre-show. Um 
Gates to Hell and Sentence to Die have been a very large part of this last year for me. Mm-hmm. And to have them, I'm sad I wasn't there, but to have them co-headline that that pre-show was really, really special. Um, we added Lice last minute, which was dope. Your band Bruiserweight played, which was also, was that your first time playing Toronto proper? Proper, yeah. Nice. Yeah, so that's, it was just a show full of friends. The fact that I missed it was like really sad, but just some travel stuff. I had to stay with the tour package, but um, but yeah, it was sounded amazing. I've heard nothing but good things. And then the post show, <laughs> I didn't include the post show in any of my top three moments, but should we talk about the chair? <laughs> where were you when? bulldoze played canada for the first time because if it wasn't there i feel bad and this is at everyone listening to this right now that was the most fun and probably the craziest set i saw not only all weekend but ever in canada like i i'm like i don't even have words for it it was just so great and those dudes are like so nice Mm -hmm. like the fact that new york hardcore in general between combust and bulldoze and anybody else in between like had such a good time means a lot because i feel like new york to the east coast of canada connection needs to happen there needs to it's happening obviously there's like this mind force tour that's mind force aoa and and combust coming up and and it's clearly there's there's something there but i hope it stays strong because everybody's so close to each other um and yeah just fucking bulldoze man uh (laughs) I never in a million years could have imagined it being that crazy. Yeah. And the chair. R.I.P. Uh, R.I.P. Kennedy's face. Dude, Kennedy's face. The chair, the table, like at a certain point. <laughs> the table during I, the t- <laughs> Like, it's so funny. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about the large, large objects being thrown across the room. Like on one hand, I think it's hilarious. I personally think it's funny that's off record by the way off record i think it's hilarious as a promoter it gives me so much anxiety because (laughs) i a don't want to get sued i b i don't want people getting hurt i don't want my venues getting trashed like there's so many other there's so many things but i mean the table was pretty funny yeah and kennedy was honestly with the chair kennedy is a trooper um listen to their band fight on site um very just i heard her asking for a smoke or a beer or something like right after like she was chill um and i mean it did make for a really funny moment honestly there was we were leaving the pre-show or the post-show and there were like somebody i don't know if it was the venue or what but somebody had set up chairs around every like puddle of blood that was in the venue so like i'm saying goodbye to people and i look out at the the room and there's just like three circles of chairs just like chairs in a circle and i'm like what like is there a 12-step meeting happening in here after like what's going on like group therapy after that set we need it someone's like no it's the puddles of blood and i look and sure enough it was just like i guess instead of cleaning it up right away they needed to just make sure people weren't walking through it success i don't know probably one of the most violent sets of the weekend actually was that bulldoze that ending that bulldoze set yeah a lot of fun i missed it were there what were your top three bands i'm by i love all of the bands on the bill that's that's, like it's really hard yeah uh i got to see cold shoulder for the first time and, and last rest last in time yeah rip yeah. uh so i was very happy about that which that i mean they even said they were like that was probably our best set we ever played um so super happy to see that but you know shout out street justice because their new shit's coming out soon um yeah. street justice and father figures adams oh, yeah. uh adams new band too so yeah watch out for that episode yeah. uh getting set up soon everybody um terena i had seen dead heat before Mm -hmm. um and i was excited to see them again but when they dropped and terena was added i was very excited because i kind of recently got into watching a bunch of their sets Mm -hmm. um and i'm like how do they do this like play guitar and sing and so well too does both so well so so i I loved their set um it just sounds fucking phenomenal Mm -hmm. And then Prowl, 
Can I, can I tell you Honorary something about, mention. yes. Yeah. Can I tell you something about, and I know that you are, you have like a very, very, um, meaningful relationship with those guys too. Mm-hmm. Uh, Prowl is like one of my favorite bands and being from Montreal, like watching them have people from all over Canada, just go the fuck off. Like I kind of feel Ameri- bad. all over the continent. Yeah. When I watch that video, there are friends from Oklahoma, <laughs> Texas, and everywhere i i feel bad like love end it super i was so stoked to see end it i kind of feel bad that they had to play after that prowl set i looked at somebody i'm not going to tell you who <laughs> midway through the prowl set and i looked up and i was like they should have headlined <laughs> should have headlined and it, no disrespect to end it that ended set was so fun was and sick. it did yeah. it did still go off it was still great but yeah i don't following prowl playing in canada is like it's a hard task and i'm i'm very lucky to have seen that band play all over the continent and even even places where like the show in general is kind of like meh as it is you know like you can't can't play a monday somewhere super random and like expect 150 kids out you know um and even those shows like i watched constantly every single night on that tour that we did in the spring People not knowing who the hell they are, just, oh, this is just some like thrash crossover hardcore band from Montreal, Canada. Half of them hardly speak English, so they seem like they aren't once you know them, but they seem like very shy people Mm -hmm. for the most part if you don't know them or you don't know that they're, you know, they speak kind of minimal English. Um, And so they seem like there's these quiet dudes and just to watch people's faces like light up every single night as they're like, what the hell? Like, I know we make jokes all the time of like Prowl is better than Metallica. Prowl is the best band in Canada. But honestly, (laughs) like truly and honestly, I think when it comes to current active hardcore bands, Prowl really is the best one. I, I don't even, I truly like, even if I remove my bias, I don't think I could name a better canadian hardcore band except for like comeback kid and they're they're as good because they've got you know decades yeah on prowl so of course you know they're gonna stay up there on the list but it's they just keep getting better Mm -hmm. i i made a joke the other day that like the spirit of riley gale must have like possessed max and mark or someone like what because i think that it was only within a a year or two that they were writing the forgotten realms Mm -hmm. after riley's passing and like i think previously most people would agree that like if you're a fan of that kind of subgenre and that sound in hardcore you're a power trip fan yep for sure i i would be surprised if i met somebody that liked prowl who wasn't a huge power trip fan and i mean that i really do (laughs) something Power, the power of Riley Gale must have possessed them to write that record because it's it's incredible. And I'm so happy to mm-hmm. to see everything that they've been doing. And I'm really happy to have had them at the fest again. So it was yes. uh, one of the few bands that returned from last year. So I was I was so happy to see them. Like usually when when they play here, I, I'm in the pit or like somewhere near the stage. Uh but watching them side stage, because I wanted to see like the crowd as well. Mm-hmm. So watching them side stage, it's like, I don't know what happened when they came back from that spring tour. They played like one local show here. And I went up to Max. I was like, dude, I'm like, you guys sound like, like y'all sound like an international band. Like y'all sound like a headliner. Like y'all sound like a band. Mm-hmm. And he was like, Oh, thank you. Like, you know, he's so fucking nice. But like, I was like, no, like you guys are, y'all are doing it. Like you're going to do mm-hmm. it. And so watching them do it at hold your ground. I was like, this is so stupid. Like half a bruiser weights on stage, just like geeked out. Yeah. It's, watching them do it. Like it's crazy. It's incredible. If you're listening to this and you need a support band for a tour coming up, <laughs> let me tell you that prowl sounds probably better on the last day of tour than they do on the first, honestly. Um, also I'm going to take this moment to shout out both snow and flurry fest in Minneapolis happening October 13th and 14th. And then the weekend after that is um, Wild West Fest in 
um, Salt Lake City, Utah. Prowl is playing both of those. Um, if you're in anywhere in the Midwest, go to Snow and Flurry. The lineup rocks. Um, if you're out west, um, <clears throat> anywhere in the mountains or even California, the drive's not too bad. Um, try to make it to Wild West Fest. Um, both teams are are friends of Hold Your Ground and do a really, really great job. And so if you want to see Prowl, one of those fests is probably uh, the place for you. So see Prowl. Yeah, straight up. Listen to the you're doing yourself a, You're doing yourself a disservice by sleeping on that band if you're still <laughs> sleeping on that band. I Like, I just feel bad for you. Not for me, for you. No, yeah, not for me. I'm there. <laughs> we're, we're in the trenches, but <laughs> you're on the bench. Um, yeah. Shout out, Gridiron. Um, <laughs> uh, what is the biggest kind of takeaway from this? What like uh, that you think would yield an adjustment? Like, what do you foresee next year being the biggest change? Um. That's a hard question because if we did everything the exact same and it was exactly the same, obviously not exactly like different lineup, but like as far as success and and crowd size and vibe and everything, if it was exactly the same next year and forever, I would be happy. Um, it, there was something really like I've been spending obviously a lot of time talking to Nathan using the word electric, mm-hmm. Nathan from Flashback because he's he uses that word a lot, but honestly, like. There's not really another word to describe it. Like I I feel like everybody was just so stoked to be there. Everybody was making new friends. Like to see people I've known for years on from West Coast Canada to people that over the last year I've built friendships with, like coming together and meeting and having fun together. And every band for the most part had other bands moshing for them. As soon as we hit, you know, the last four or five sets, there was everybody who was in touring bands were out in the pit, like it was incredible. I think, honestly, and this is just because I'm trying to manifest this a lot, it would be to have more people from the community involved, whether that be people coming out and um, and vending or having, you know, local breweries or, or things like that, more of them um, come in and be a part of it, um, I think would be really cool. And Really, if there's one thing I could ask for and change next year, it's that um, Maker's Pizza feeds all of our bands. <laughs> so, Maddie Matheson, if you're listening, I don't um, think it's his anymore. Oh, really? Yeah, we that makes sense because uh, cloned and Bruiserweight on our way back, we stopped at you Maker. Stop there. Yeah, and it's a part of a different hospitality group. So I think it may have been told. That makes more sense. Well, but not without. A, I don't think it's out of reach. Honestly, whoever, whoever owns Maker's Pizza now, if you want to feed our bands, that would be amazing. Um, but no, just to, to be able to have a little bit more, um, resources to be able to treat the touring bands, like Mm. even better than we do. Like we do what we can with what little that we have. Um, of course, like it gets really expensive, obviously to feed, you know, we had 160 plus people between artists and volunteers and crew and everything like that. Um, so to be able to be in a position where we can, you know, treat everybody really, really well, keep everybody fed, um, would be awesome. Um, but I know that no matter what we end up doing with the lineup, it's going to be, you know, just as good. And I hate saying that, but I just have to, I have to be honest. Like I, I really take a lot of pride in the lineup every year. Um, I think that we really just book who we want. Um, especially this year particularly was a really good testament to that. That like we all basically we all make a wish list. We don't tell each other what it is. We put the list together and anybody, any band that's on like two or more of the list is automatically gets an offer. Right. Because that's just the easiest way for us to do it. And Um, sometimes that takes a lot of debating and a lot of, you know, we have a, we always do one big meeting where it's like, okay, we need like, do we need a judge in here? Like, do we need a a mediator to make sure that we don't hate each other by the end of this conversation? But, um, yeah, I think that the lineup is going to be amazing next Mm -hmm. year. Um, and so there's not a whole lot I would change as far as like the lineup or the size of the lineup or anything like that. And quite frankly, like, the amount of people that were there was so perfect for me. It would be cool to pack that place full 
and have like the Hansa house just like leaking people everywhere. But I don't think it's fully necessary because I would like to keep, I would like to stay within our DIY ethos and um, be able to stay a DIY festival for as long as possible. And all that, you know, doubling or tripling our attendance does is make that harder. Um, So it'll happen when it's meant to, and it'll happen naturally. And I know that for a fact, but um, yeah, there's, there's very little that I would change, honestly. So I know that's a bad answer, but no, it's not. It's a good answer. Yeah. It's It's pretty, pretty incredible the way that it's gone. So I had fun. Thanks. That means a lot. (laughs) I'm glad. seems like a lot of people had fun. I came back. uh, I'm still sore. So I'm still, that's the thing. I feel fine. Sickness wise. I feel great. I am still walking. Like I need a walker though. Like I'm like hunched over. Like my back is just in shambles. My arm is really sore. Like somebody gave me a dead arm for some reason. Like I have no idea why we need a, we need a massage therapist there next year. Yeah. Any massage therapist. Call me crazy. Yeah. If you're a massage therapist, a physiotherapist, like as a hobby, even, I don't even care. You could be a mediocre (laughs) massage therapist, but if you wanted to come and set up in our green room, I would not say no, please. You're more than welcome. We all need it. We're old. Somebody made, who was it on stage that made a comment about how the average age is, did you hear that? They're like, I think the average age in here is 24 years old. And the entire room went, oh, because none of us are 20. Like the average age was not 24. The average age, which I think is unique for a hardcore fest. And something I've been thinking about, honestly, all week is that I think the average age was 30. (laughs) Honestly, maybe, maybe 28. But like the average age was not young by any means. I think there was a, a large handful, but a handful nonetheless of people under the age of 21. And I, and that's even being generous. I really think that the average age was about 30 yeah. at this fest. So when somebody made a cop, I, somebody saying like, oh, how is there, how do you guys not have energy? Like, let's get the energy up in here. Like I'm 10 years older than you. And I think I've got more. The average age in here must be 24. And the room audibly sighed because that's not true. <laughs> no, <laughs> like, no, we're old. <laughs> I had to like go and pick which bands I was going to like exert energy for. Yeah, I watched and moshed for more bands this year than I ever have at my own show ever. Mm. Certainly than more than last year. That's for sure. <laughs> I usually don't mosh at fest either because I value my body and my sight and my <laughs> teeth. Yeah, <laughs> it's just. But uh, yeah, seems like a lot of us were just going for it, <laughs> paying for it now. <laughs> my New Year's resolution was to mosh more, so it's my my thirty year introvert, like my thirty year uh, resolution. <laughs> I love it. You're doing great. That's ever since Madhouse. I feel like Madhouse, the way that I moshed at Madhouse, like changed my life a little bit because I'm like, oh, I gotta, I gotta do this more, but I also gotta do this way less because I can't be acting feral yeah you just pick your moments you pick your moments but in those moments you just become a complete degenerate degenerate is one way to put it madhouse yeah that your bruiser weight set at madhouse like i was feral for no reason like for no reason that was fun though i'm excited for madhouse this year hopefully that fest happens and i'm excited to see what they do with it i need to make a phone call about that one too Mm-hmm. but uh i'm excited for hold next year uh i already Thank talked you. with adam after the fest as well and he was you know mentioning some things about like sponsors and stuff so um trying to hopefully we'll be in contact soon about you know next year absolutely i i know it's so funny the one thing that everybody tells you when you do something this large that takes up so much time and energy is like oh it's done now settle yourself out for this year and then take a break. Like just take a break. I'm not about that. I (laughs) came back. I have, I have a meeting with a band right after this phone call. Like I really don't, I really didn't take a break, but it's hard to, because I'm feeling so inspired Mm -hmm. by all of the conversations I had, all of the people I met, all of the sets I watched. Like it's really, it feels like to me, it's like wasting this like really special energy I have right now 
just putting it down and you know sleeping on it for a month and then picking it back up like we've our group chat has been nonstop ever since where we're like oh let's this let's keep this in mind let's keep this in mind i'm gonna put this here so we don't forget and we can't we can't stop so i'm sure it's only uh it's only a matter of time before we've got some dates picked for next year and Mm -hmm. and we look forward to having everybody out and and everybody who wants to be a part of it um the way that people bought up our pre-sales and were like excited for the lineup this past year on only year two like really blew me away so um just like really truly from the bottom of my heart and the team's hearts like thank you to everybody who supports us and makes this possible it's a very large project and uh we definitely couldn't do it without everybody's support so i appreciate it a lot show enough (laughs) uh jess has been a lot of fun i really appreciate you hanging out very very happy with uh everything that went on this year like you said made a lot of new friends a lot of great connections sold Mm -hmm. a lot of cold brew so thank you everybody who bought a cold brew yes thank you so much for coming out we loved having you all there um oh wow i just lost my train of thought so crazy right now i saw that shit happen too i literally the train (laughs) leave the station did not leave my eyes never mind i guess (laughs) that's crazy well (laughs) i hope it comes back because i have one one more question for you before we log off what's your favorite city for beans and breakdowns i knew you were gonna ask that and i've been thinking about this a lot breakdowns milwaukee wisconsin wow um unmatched probably will be forever um i have a lot of love there wasn't enough world i hate shout out world i hate who came up and played hold your ground they're from milwaukee yep um shout out milwaukee, jimmy shout out jimmy ledoux um judiciary world i hate please go and see judiciary on their upcoming tour um they're traveling for quite a long time for the first time in a while so i know that's going to be a challenge for those guys and i i hope that you guys show them as much love as possible but yeah milwaukee shout out to tom hively and jj uh and michael at milwaukee hardcore shows if you want to play a show there hit them up they have an instagram um rest in peace reality check no longer a band but one of the finest infamy um enervate of course who's an alumni of the fest just a really great city really crazy scene um they can do a show on a tuesday and have 180 kids out and it's really something special and being in the midwest where you're so far away um so yeah that would be breakdowns beans is also really hard i've been thinking about it and i think it's gonna have to be probably minneapolis minnesota shout out young blood um or winnipeg and maybe i'm biased because i've just been there all since i moved home but um tom bargain um just a lot of really great shops and really great culture when it comes to coffee in both of those places so Mm. clearly i love the midwest can't really get away from it (laughs) you're you're a midwesterner you gotta i really i really am we don't call winnipeg the midwest the canada doesn't really have a midwest the way that the u.s does but i consider it the midwest i think if anything it's it's the closest thing we got so the northern midwest yeah you gotta You got it. You can't fall off the wagon. Exactly. That's how that was a, that was really Canadian. The way you said wagon there. That's I had a teacher from, I think it was Minneapolis or Milwaukee, uh-huh. and he used to say egg and wagon. People all weekend were this weekend were making fun of me. The Oklahoma boys. The way I say bag. Yeah. Wait. Okay. So there's say this thing. It's a bread. It's not a donut. But you put cream cheese on it, it has a hole in the center and it's round. A, a bagel? Yes. <laughs> At least you don't say bagel. Bagel. Ba- pasta. Pasta. Bagel. That's pasta. Also, <laughs> they say pasta here, though. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, like, what that? is pasta? Pa- pasta? Pasta. <laughs> uh, <laughs> bagel. So yep. That's pretty bagel. funny. <laughs> I mean, I send me some Montreal style bagels, please. Actually, oh, speaking of which, I miss that shit. Will they hold up? That's the question. It's a good question. I found yeah. one place in Winnipeg that sells them frozen, and it's like not quite as good, but it's like the closest I got. So we'll see. Yeah, spoiled. I don't like New York style bagels. Don't fight me. 
Montreal, Montreal is where it's at. Montreal is where it's it's that sweet. It's like the sweet tinge at oh, the, nothing like it. It's the the that sweet chocolatin. Truly, truly. <laughs> well, Jess, thank you so much again. Uh, looking forward to next year, and I'm sure we'll be talking soon about other businessy things. So, of course, yeah, we'll definitely talk soon. Thank you so much for having me. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of Beans and Breakdowns. I want to say a huge thanks to Jess for hanging out on the podcast. If you are a Canadian band and you want to go to the U.S., you want a tour, you want visas, hit up Jess, hit up Damage Control, see what she can do for you if y'all can work together. That's what she's all about is helping uh, Canadian hardcore bands, Canadian metal bands get to the U.S., get their visas, and, and get out there. So be sure to check her out see what she can do for you. If you've enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe and leave a review. You can find out more information about the podcast by following us on Instagram at Beans and Breakdowns or on the web at beansandbreakdowns.com. Until next week, be sure to stay caffeinated and wake the fuck up.